Hi, everyone. Welcome to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm Olivia Mentor. And since it's almost Valentine's Day, we thought we would do an episode all about our favorite rom-coms. So today we're talking about our favorite rom-com books, our favorite rom-com movies, and our favorite rom-com tropes. And we have a bunch of very exceptional voicemails from you, our listeners, to contribute to the conversation as well. Yes, I loved how much people wanted to participate in this one. I also feel like I got some book recs that I had never heard of before from this. So I'm very excited. Yeah, me too. Because filling out this outline, I realized I'm, I guess I'm not a rom-com person book-wise. So I think I have a thing or two to learn. Well, we're here to teach you, me and the listeners. Thank you so much. Before we get into it, should we do some highs and lows? Yes. What's your high? Um, My high is that I am in Maine for two-ish weeks. I am house-sitting slash dog-sitting slash having a solo writing retreat. And I'm very excited. It's very snowy up here. I'm staying in my friend's house. She's here right now, but she leaves on Saturday. So I'm kind of like trying out this rural – I'm cosplaying – rural life. Oh, how do you like it? I I feel like I kind of am too, but I live here. I don't know. I'm I'm a little scared when she leaves because I'm so in the middle of nowhere. Um so I'm a little I'm a little bit nervous, but overall I'm excited. I'm excited to just kind of take things very slowly and hopefully get a lot of work done on my book. Good. It sounds very peaceful and it looks very peaceful. Your cabin vibes behind you. Yes. I'm in an all wood room right now, which is where I record when I'm here. And then my second high is that I got to see a sketch of the cover for my first book, The Christmas Orphans Club yesterday. And I'm so excited. A lot of people have been asking to see the cover. I can't show you yet. And have been asking about the cover process. Olivia has seen it. (laughs) It's very good. So I'm very excited to share more. And it made it feel so much more real. So I know I had this moment where I was like looking at your name on the cover and I was like, damn, that is so cool. It's legit. Like I'm. Yeah. My name is on the cover. And, you know, it's very much your vibe. Like it's different than I thought it would be. But thinking about it now, it's very you. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. That's a high compliment. I didn't have very much to do with it. I Authors do not actually, or in my case, I did not get very much input, but I'm very excited about how it's turning out. Me too. Tell me your high. Okay. My high, I'm, I'm very excited about it, but it's very small. So I feel like once a quarter, I go through this thing where I'm like, I'm going to delete, I'm going to take a day and I'm going to delete and unsubscribe from every piece of spam mail, retail emails that I don't want in my inbox. Of course, I never do this. But instead, this year, I've started adding to my daily to-do list. I'm like, I have on my to-do list, check check your bank accounts, check your credit card, and then unsubscribe from five email lists that you're on that you don't want to be on. And five a day? Five a day. And it is How many so emails are you satisfying? getting, would you Gosh. ballpark? Oh, I get, honestly, a day, I probably get 500 to 1,000 emails. What? Yeah. And half of them are from PR people from my old job. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah. So Can you unsubscribe can, to those? Some of them. Some of them are like the most random list serves that I'm on, like plastic surgery news around the country. And I'm like, okay, can I get off of this? Or hip hop celebrity news or whatever. <laughs> 
I don't know why those two came to mind. But anyway, it's like just a great little task where I feel like I'm making my life a little more streamlined every day. And also it's a great thing to do to distract myself from actually working. Well, it's a great thing that's (laughs) easy to check off too, even if you're feeling very low, low motivation. Exactly. So I'm like, by the end of the year, my inbox will be so much more clean, I hope. And I have personal email and professional, which kind of inevitably overlap. So I'm doing it for both. If you do it every day, you're going to unsubscribe from like 1600 email lists. More than that. (laughs) I know. I'm sure I'm on all of them. Like, I also, I need to eliminate uh, temptations to shop Mm -hmm. in my life right now. And I feel like it'll help with that because I don't shop from emails a lot, but it has happened. It has happened. So that's my high. It's very exciting. Tell me your low. Um, My low is just, I feel like I moving and the house mm-hmm. and like it, it needing a lot of work has really, I mean, I guess it's kind of a high, but it's really forced me to just check myself because I have talked about this before, but I just like have very particular visions and ideas. And like when it can't happen the way I want it to happen in the order I want it to happen, I get very stressed. But one of my goals from this year is to kind of let go of that a little bit and to be like, okay, you don't have to do everything at once. It doesn't have to be exactly the way that you need it to be. You don't have to control everything. And so I feel like the house is going to teach me that. And this is only week one. So I I don't know if it's going to go downhill or uphill or whatever, but we'll see. I feel like you need to get one room done so it can be your sanctuary. And then you can go into that room and be like, look what I have done. It is all possible. Yeah. I we're kind of working to finish the bedroom as soon as possible. So I think I'll feel better. Yeah. And it's still not going to be like my ideal furniture or whatever, but it will be comfortable and clean and painted and you won't have to lay calm. there and look at things and be like oh it won't be a reminder exactly. yeah exactly yeah so yeah that's that's that but what about your low my low is that in a surprise to no pet owner puppies are a lot of work so <laughs> i yes. mentioned that i'm up in maine i'm the reason i'm here uh, my friend molly her boyfriend is british And it's his mom's 70th birthday. And so they are going to the UK. And they just got a golden retriever puppy, which if you follow me on Instagram, you might have seen in my New Year's Eve stories when I was up here. She was like truly a little nugget. I think she was 11 weeks then. So cute. So So she's an English cream golden retriever. She's so cute. Her name is Ruby. Um, And so my friend Molly asked me, she was like, if I pay for your flight, will you come up and watch Ruby? And they have like a lovely house in Maine. Like it's so nice. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to. And I also like this dog is so cute. So I'm here dog sitting and I like knew this in theory, but this dog needs to be entertained 24-7. She's also in her like velociraptor phase where she's so bitey. I was going to say, but she's in the bitey sharp teeth She's so bitey. She's just like, even if you're like working or like you get her to like calm down for a few minutes you're you're like why are you biting my feet like how am I still being bitten the feet I remember the razor sharp teeth the feet the shoes everything um so yeah I'm I'm like 12 hours into this 
18 hours into this and I'm like, oh, I wonder how much work I'm going to get done. I actually did get a lot of work done today because Molly's still here. So I locked myself in this all wood room and I wrote 1800 words and I'm now I'm recording this podcast. But yeah, for the rest of the time I'm here, I'm like, oh, wow, this dog is work. She also wakes up at 6.45 a.m., which, you know, isn't that early to parents or most people. But I'm like, oh, God, I have to be on this dog schedule. This is like I'm not only cosplaying living a rural life, I'm cosplaying pet ownership. And I'm like, whew, this is hard. You're at the hardest stage of pet ownership. Like, I feel like Winnie from four to eight months was an absolute demon. Yeah. <laughs> God bless her. Cute but demon. I I, cr- I cried a lot. I cried a lot. But it'll be fun. It'll be fun. I didn't realize you were dog sitting. Yeah, I'm, I'm dog sitting. Um, the good news is that they have like a huge yard and so I can just let her out. She only she won't stay out that long by herself. But um, so like, you know, that takes That's some nice. of the work out. She'll tire herself out and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Shall we take a quick ad break before we get into it? Yes. This episode is sponsored by the audio edition of Mame by Jessica George. Now, if you're on BookTok or you follow any bookstagrammers at all, you have almost definitely heard about this book. I don't know about you all, but I am very, very particular about narrators and audiobooks. And even if it is the best book in the world, if the narrator doesn't work for me, it's a no-go. And that's why I was so excited as soon as I pressed play on Mame, which is narrated by British Ghanaian actor and photographer Heather Ajipong. Her accent makes for one of the most calming, relaxing, engaging audiobook experiences I think I've ever had. And the story is just as good. So Mame follows main character Maddie, who's a people-pleasing millennial living in London who is working at a job that leaves her burnt out and uninspired. And she's also dealing with the death of a parent, complicated family dynamics, early career woes, and dating. Author Jessica George hits on so many of the struggles millennial women deal with day in and day out. The relatability of this story will hook you from the very beginning. I've talked about this before, but I absolutely love London and the setting of this book combined with the narrator's accent just made for the most immersive audio experience. And it was equal parts moving and relaxing. Plus the author's connection to the material is obvious as soon as you start reading or listening. And the book actually came about through the author's own journal entries initially. And it really comes through as soon as you start listening. Oh, that makes me even more interested. I mean, you know how jealous I am of anyone who has a journal. I feel like you can tell right away when the story is personal to the author. So I am so excited to check out this story, and especially on audio. If you haven't seen it, it is the Read with Jenna book club pick for this month. It also just got a great review in the New York Times. I feel like I'm seeing this book everywhere. Like it is the book of the month. It is also a book of the month pick. So author Sochil Gonzalez described this book as warm, awkward, joyous, a little bit heartbreaking, and most of all, unforgettable. And that makes me so excited. The audiobook is available wherever books and audiobooks are sold. Check out this book and let us know what you think. So I feel like To start talking about rom-com books, Mm -hmm. I should say that this is mostly going to be Becca telling us what we what we should be reading and what I should be reading because I went through and listeners like and listeners. But you have movie racks, and you have like I do, I do. But I just feel like I didn't realize how 
few rom-coms I've read. Like I went through my Goodreads and I was like, well, there's like four for <laughs> the last few years that I've really enjoyed. Anyway, tell me about your favorites. Well, I will tell you about my favorites, but before we get into that, I was just going to say, I feel like there's kind of been a resurgence of rom-com books in the past five-ish years. Like I would say like I feel like since The Wedding Date by Jasmine Guillory was kind of one of the first that brought in this new wave. So you saying that like you don't have that many isn't terrible because I feel like it was an underserved demographic. Like I feel like the British have always done it really well. Like British rom-coms have always been a thing. But I feel like in the US there weren't that many rom-com books until the last five years. Like there were like the smutty naked guy on the cover ones uh, or like the grocery store Fabio ones, but there weren't like the equivalent of how to lose a guy in 10 days as books. Like they weren't as common. Yeah, you're totally right. And that's the perfect like turning point, the wedding date. Everything was different after that. Yeah. That's the one that I can think of. I'm, I'm curious if that was the actual inflection point, but I feel like that was the inflection point in like my own personal reading and in like just what I've seen on bookstagram. But anyway, um, okay, so I would say my number one rom-com book is a book called Who's That Girl by Vari McFarlane, and her name is spelled really confusingly. I think it's Celtic, and so it's M-H-A-I-R-I, but it's pronounced Vari. So if you see it written, you might be like, I don't think this is the right book, but it is. And so this book, I think, is just like quintessential British rom-com, and it has such a great voice and it's laugh out loud funny. I think Fari is one of the few authors that actually makes me laugh when I read as opposed to looking at something and being like, oh yeah, that's funny, but like actually laughing. And so this book follows a woman who gets in trouble at work in kind of a spectacular fashion and gets shunned. And she moves from London uh, back up north with her family. And she ends up getting assigned to ghostwrite a book for a celebrity actor who's kind of like a Kit Harrington on Game of Thrones is kind of the the proxy. And so she's ghostwriting his book and spending a lot of time getting to know him and feelings ensue. <laughs> that sounds good. I think you've talked about that before I have. here, right? It's one of my favorite books. And it's really funny because I was getting ready for this episode, I was looking at the author's other titles, and it's also one of her least read books. Like she's, I think she's definitely had more success in the US at least with her past few books. And this one is a little bit older. So I don't, I think a lot of people might've missed it who are now Vari McFarlane fans. Interesting. Sleeper hit. Sleeper hit. So that's my number one. In no particular order, I have four other wrecks, but I felt like the wrecks were a little bit common that people already knew them. So I also brought three that are a little less common too. Mm. So I overdid it. No, that's good because I underdid it. (laughs) Okay. So the next one I would recommend is People We Meet on Vacation by Emily Henry. And this is my favorite of Emily Henry's books, including her new one, Happy Place, which I really did enjoy. But for some reason, I think it's the best friends to lovers part of this, which is one of my favorite tropes, like just really did it for me. And I also love the now and then timelines, which is something that's also in my book. Like I like when you get to see glimpses of the past along with the present. So it's like, it's not just flashbacks. It's like actually getting in scene in the past. So this one is about a male and female pair of best friends who have a tradition of taking a trip together every summer and haven't been speaking for the past, I think it's three years maybe. And so in the current timeline, they're reviving their annual trip 
and trying to put their relationship back together, their friendship back together. Have you read this one? Yes. Okay. I have read this one. Okay. And I think this one also, I don't know if all of Emily Henry's books have been optioned as films, but I think this one is the furthest along. So I'm very curious to see if we get an adaptation Ooh, of this. I didn't this know year. that. I know it's filming. Like I know they've attached a uh, a writer and I'm I'm pretty sure I was creeping on that writer's Instagram and I'm pretty sure that she was visiting the set. So it's like actually happening. Oh, it is happening. I think do, so. You don't do you know anything about casting mm-hmm. or no? No, I don't think okay. they've said anything. The next one, The Royal We by Heather Cox and Jessica Morgan. Have you read this one, Olivia? I might be the only human being who hasn't read this one. It, well, no, it's a hard sell. And this this is a little bit older, too. Like, I think this predates the wedding date. And I remember trying to get friends to read this and just being met with, like, blank stares that were like, this sounds diluted. But it's basically <laughs> Kate Middleton and Prince William fan fiction about, you know, two characters, one of whom is the prince the future king of England and one of whom is like kind of a regular girl. She's American in this, which Kate Middleton obviously is not. They meet at college while she's on a semester abroad and they kind of like build this relationship and they fall in love. And it's so fun. It's, it's, I don't know. I don't have an affinity for the Royals, but it just is so well done. I hadn't actually ever heard the pitch for this one somehow. I've just like seen the cover everywhere. And now that you've said it, like I really want to read it (laughs) because I don't know if I have an affinity for royals, but I do find it kind of fascinating in like a celebrity real person kind of way. Even more so with so many people reading Spare and the Harry and Meghan documentary on Netflix. Like I feel like this book should have a resurgence and you know, it isn't actually Prince William. It's like a fake character. So regardless of what you think about him, given I, I, haven't read Spare, but I've heard that he gets kind of a, a bad rep in that one. So, but you can still enjoy it. It's fan fiction. It's not actually supposed to be him. And then I can't talk about rom-coms without talking about my favorite Christmas rom-com, which I think you could read all year round. And it's One Day in December by Josie Silver. This one is so good. It's basically a woman has a love at first sight moment with this guy who she sees through the window of a bus. And she spends the next year looking for him everywhere she goes, like at every bar, every, you know, subway stop, et cetera. She's always looking for this guy. And her and her friends like start calling him bus boy. He's kind of like built up this mystique in their minds. Then he turns up, I think it's the next year, as her roommate and best friend's new boyfriend. And so he unknowingly is dating her best friend and you know, she still has all of these feelings for him. And then we kind of find out that he remembers her too. And so it's like these, we had this really intense moment, but we we can't be together because of circumstances. Oh, this reminds me of the movie Serendipity, which I didn't put on my list for rom-coms I love, but I love. I used to love Serendipity. Have you, I haven't have seen, you seen Serendipity it? in at least a decade. It's a very similar concept and it's also Christmas, weirdly. Huh. I have to watch that. And then the last one in my kind of top five in no particular order, I would say is The Charm Offensive by Alison Cochran. And this is from last year. It is a gay male-male romance about a guy who goes on a show that is supposed to be The Bachelor. And he is The Bachelor. And he ends up striking up a romance with one of the producers who is a man. And The Bachelor is supposed to be there to find a woman. So there's like 
a lot of unexplored feelings there. And I just thought this one was like the emotional arc of it was so good. And there's such good mental health rep in this. Like there is a storyline about depression, anxiety, and and also some like I, I think one of the characters might be on the autism spectrum, but now I'm second guessing myself. But I loved this book. Like I just finished it with like the biggest smile on my face. That sounds really good. And I've had this downloaded on my Kindle for forever. So one of these days. How am I going to know where to start with all of these rom-coms I have now had recommended to me? Of these, which one should I read? The Royal Way, for sure. Okay. You haven't read it. You need to read The Royal Way. Okay. I'm on For it. you in particular. I feel like for your tastes. I feel like I just talked for so long. So maybe we'll have you go and then do some listener voicemails. Then I can loop back with a couple recommendations that are lesser known. Okay. So I have a couple listed here mm-hmm. that I've enjoyed. I loved Book Lovers by Emily Henry, but... <laughs> Have you read all three of her so far? I've read Book Lovers, People We Meet on Vacation. Did you read Beach Read? I have not read Beach Read. Okay. It's funny. I feel like... Should I? Yeah, you should. I I feel like people have... I I feel like there are definitely people who are like blanket fans of hers. And I am a blanket fan of hers. But I feel like there's people have like really strong affinities to like one of her three books more so than the other. Okay. So I wanted to know if you'd read all three to know which type of girly you are. I'll have to I'll have to check out Beach Read and, and Happy Place and get back to you. One thing that I struggled with with this is that I feel like the plot of books escapes my head so quickly. So, like, did you just recite the plot of those books just by memory? Yes. That's incredible. I'm like, I couldn't even tell you. I couldn't <laughs> tell do that you. for like, every book I've read in the past few years. But these are, like, favorite books that I particularly enjoyed. Okay, so maybe that's why I'm struggling because, like, I have listed In a Holidays and Love and Other Words by Christina Lauren, both of which I really enjoyed. Um, but I can only tell you the the basics of both of those plots, and I've read them both within the last two years. But maybe that's a memory thing. Do you have a favorite Christina Lauren book? I It's definitely Love and Other Words. Definitely. Okay. I really liked that one. I can't decide if it counts as a rom-com. Like, it almost is a rom-drom, which isn't really a genre. Mm. I think I feel like everything in romance is called a rom-com, whether or not it's funny, because I feel like that one is like quite sad and intense, especially in like towards the end. That's true. I do remember it being kind of sad. Okay, so I really struggled with this, but there is one that I read that I think was like maybe the first rom-com I ever read recently, but it was uh, One to Watch by Kate Stamen London. I love that one. Yeah, I really loved it, too. And it was so far out of my usual genre. Um, For those who haven't read it, it is about a plus size woman who ends up being cast on like a bachelorette type show. And I loved like just the inclusivity and representation, but I thought that it was like (laughs) a lot of things were, I just, I laughed because it's how it would be like the ways in which the main character was sort of typecast and criticized and all of that. And I just thought it was I don't know. I thought it was really accurate and how it was just great. I really loved it. I thought it was so fun too. like there were a couple of little things where so the character is an influencer before she goes on The Mm. Bachelor and she gets on the show because she gets drunk and is like trash tweeting about the show. And so I feel like it also was like had a, a bit of a snarky edge where the character was not there because it was her life dream to be on The Bachelorette. And I just like I really liked. Yeah some of the commentary and I don't even watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, but 
you know, some of the commentary around those types of shows I thought was really interesting. And it was like done so well because the character herself was coming at it as an outsider. Yeah, actually, this reminds me, have you seen that TikTok that went viral this week? That is, it's a plus size woman who's like doing a, she's a comedian, but she's doing like oh my a God, fake in the car. audition tape. And she's like, I that really want to be on The this. Bachelor, but I've never worn blackface. I know that's kind of like a requirement, but <laughs> yeah. Like, some things about me. Yes. Anyway, if you like that TikTok, you would like this book. Yes. <laughs> anyway, that's really all I have there. I feel like I'm much more movie, movie rom-com person. Um, but we have some great listener voicemails so I can uh, get my TBR list very full. Hi, Becca and Olivia. My name is Haley, and I'm calling to share my favorite rom-com book, The Bromance Book Club. I picked up this book while living in Nashville, which is where the series takes place and can't get enough. A group of Nashville's top celebrity men start a secret romance novel book club to help them with the women in their lives. It's funny and very accurate about life in Nashville. Hope you enjoy, and I love recommending this to all of my friends. Hi, Becca and Olivia. This is Molly from Philadelphia calling. My favorite rom-com book is Nora Goes Off Script by Annabelle Monahan. It was just so delightful to read. I read it in one sitting, and it's the book that I recommend to anybody who is in a reading rut to get them back into it. Thanks. Bye. Hi, my name is Irene. My favorite rom-com book so far has been Nora Goes Off Script. I want to live in her house. I want to meet that little cabin that she writes in. I want to meet the star that she sleeps with. I would even drive her kids around in her car. Best book of all time for rom-coms. Hi, Becca and Olivia. This is Sydney from Wichita, Kansas, and I wanted to tell you all about my favorite rom-com book. It's been a pleasure, Noni Blake by Claire Christian. So this is about Noni, who after a breakup decides to make herself the number one priority and decides to go on a pleasure-seeking quest as a newly single woman, which you can guess what that insinuates. But she ends up meeting someone at the beginning that kind of changes the whole trajectory to her quest. So Noni is a really strong female protagonist. She's really funny. She's smart. There's a lot of depth to her character. And she's older, which I really love. Um, you don't, I feel like you don't see that much in rom-coms. It's very sex positive. It has a great LGBTQ plus representation. And the love interest is a sensitive man that looks like a hot Viking. So overall, it's really funny and heartwarming, and I just absolutely love it. And hopefully someone who hasn't heard of it or hasn't picked it up uh, will and will love it as much as I did. Hi, Becca and Olivia. Um, I wanted to say, first of all, that I'm a huge fan of your show, and I look forward to it every Wednesday. I wanted to recommend a rom-com book called Early Morning Riser by Katherine Heine. It follows a girl named Jane and her on-again, off-again boyfriend named Duncan, who has dated every single girl or seemingly every girl in their small town of Michigan. It is such a good storyline. It involves, yes, their romantic relationship, but it involves family too including the ex-wife of Duncan, who is very much involved in their life still, but she is probably my favorite character. She is just 
so annoying in like the funniest way. And it is just laugh out loud funny. I laughed multiple times and it is just one of my not only favorite rom-com books, but one of my favorite books ever. So I hope you enjoy. Okay. I feel like I'm sick of my own voice, but I feel like I picked some pretty well-known books. So I also wanted to just quickly highlight three other books that are maybe a little less known that I really enjoyed. So if you're a romance connoisseur, that maybe I can offer you some rom-coms. And these are all British that are a little less known. So first one is called One in a Million by Lindsay Kelk. And this is a book about a woman who works in social media and she makes a bet. And I, when it's done well, I love a bet trope. She makes a bet that she can make anyone social media famous. And the guy that gets picked is this guy who they share like a co-working office with who's like a very... I think he might be a scientist. I can't remember what his job is, but he's very like inarticulate and very like averse to the spotlight. And so she ends up working with him to make him social media famous all while she ends up learning there's more beneath the surface. It was really fun. That's very, very cute. Yeah. I really love that one. Another British rom-com that I loved is called Would Like to Meet by Rachel Winters. This is another bet rom-com. And this is about... um, a woman who works for a agent who represents screenwriters. So it's a not a literary agency, but it's like a screenwriting agent, I guess. Kind of their their biggest client is this guy and he has writer's block and she makes a bet with him because she believes fully in true love and that like love is just like the movies. And so he makes a bet with her that like he won't finish his script until she actually lives out a real life rom-com. And so she's going to all of these places trying to instigate like movie meet cutes. It's like very tropey and very fun. So if you are like a connoisseur of the genre, like it's kind of like laughing at itself a little the same way book lovers is, where this woman who is a otherwise smart, logical woman is like putting herself into these ridiculous situations trying to recreate a meet cute. I feel like you, when you said connoisseur of the genre, I was like, that's you. It is me. You are the the rom-com expert. It is me. And so my last recommendation, if you feel like you've read every trope, if you're sick of rom-coms, if you've like, you've done it all, you've seen it all, you're like the cigarette smoking, like old hardened. <laughs> Super jaded. Yeah. Like what, what am I, what even like is the you noun I'm looking me. for? Is it like. Jaded, no. Person? I Like, what is that person called? Skeptic? Skeptic, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess. There's this book that I read last year, and it is fully unlike anything I have ever read. It wouldn't make my top 10 list, but I'm just bringing it up because it's so different that if you're like, wow, I just feel like I need a palate cleanser. I've read too much. Everything's the same. It's called The Impossible Us by Sarah Lotz, L-O-T-Z. And I do not know how to tell you anything about it without <laughs> spoiling it. Because I feel like That's there's such a, a big sign. twist in it that I I don't think they would have it on the flap copy. That I just want you to go in knowing nothing. I'm intrigued. So for all you skeptics out there, or not skeptics, but like if you've OD'd on too many rom-coms and you feel like they're all the same, if you're in a rom-com rut. You've truly recommended something for everyone. Thank you. It's my This is my passion. Should we take a quick ad break? Yes. Yeah. 
One of my goals for the new year is to stop asking for other people's opinions. I have learned over the years that most of the time I already know what paint color I want to choose or what outfit I want to wear without having to ask a million people what they think. And this goes for other people's opinions about my health as well. I don't know about you guys, but I personally don't have any qualified medical professionals in my group chat, and this is why I use ZocDoc instead. Instead of getting a million different opinions from friends, I simply use ZocDoc to book an appointment with an actual professional whenever I need a checkup or I have a weird symptom. It eliminates so much stress from my life and makes me so much less likely to spiral about symptoms. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. Instead of going down a TikTok rabbit hole about your latest symptom or letting the internet tell you the worst possible case scenario, use ZocDoc to book a doctor in your neighborhood who's patient-reviewed and fits your needs and your schedule. I feel like we all have enough to worry about in our lives without juggling the medical advice of a dozen of our not qualified friends. So just trust me and make your life easier. Download ZocDoc now. That way, next time when you're feeling under the weather or you start worrying about how long it's been since you've had a checkup, you can just open the app and make an appointment in minutes. Go to ZocDoc.com slash BOP and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash B-O-P. ZocDoc.com slash B-O-P. All right, Olivia. So I know you felt underqualified in the book department, but I see a good list in front of me. Tell me, I'd like you to lead the movie charge here. Okay. So gosh, there's a lot that I love, but one of my favorite all-time rom-coms, which is actually very emotional and kind of sad as well, is About Time, starring Domhnall Gleeson, who I am deeply obsessed with, and Rachel McAdams, who everyone's obsessed with, let's be honest. One of Rachel McAdams' three different time-traveling roles. (laughs) Yes, that's true. That's, we've talked about this. This is bringing me back. Olivia, I I don't want to give you the floor and then tell you how to do your job. But like, if anyone hasn't seen this movie and you're like, it's my favorite rom-com, this it's movie not, is emotionally <laughs> destructive. I There are two movies that I basically cannot watch because I cry too hard. And this is one of them. The other is P.S. I love you. It yeah, it's a rom com. Is I don't know. I don't know if it's it, the right. It's a rom com at the beginning, and then it's it like it's really deep. takes a a turn and becomes a lot less calm. And I think they're both like incredible actors as well. Okay, my second one is I don't know if you would call it a rom com because it's not. I'm really bad at this, <laughs> but it's it's not okay. I'm very confident that this next one will give you the same feeling as a rom-com, although it's not necessarily like the romance that you're expecting. And this one is Good Luck to You, Leo Grant. It came out last year. It stars Emma Thompson, incredible. And I believe his name is Daryl McCormick. Um, He's incredibly handsome. But The whole plot of this is a 60-something-year-old woman who has never had an orgasm, (laughs) and so she hires a sex worker, and they kind of build this friendship, and 
I cannot tell you like the warm and fuzzies this movie gave me, which from the description, you're probably not thinking that, but it is a masterpiece. I love it so much and I want everyone in the world to watch it. I hate myself because I said that I was going to watch it last time you brought this up and I haven't. And so I want to, maybe I'll see if my friend Molly has seen it. Maybe we'll watch it tonight. Oh gosh, it's so good. It's so I really want to watch it. I just always forget about it the minute I I go to try to find something to watch. I think you'll like it. I think, I feel like I learned something from it. It was inspiring. It was creative. Anyway, I love it. But moving on to some classics. So some classic rom-coms I love. You've Got Mail to me is like the perfect rom-com. You're not alone. We got a lot of voicemails mentioning You've Got Mail. I feel like of all of the Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks, rom-coms, it is superior by far. Just lovely. Lovely, lovely. I also love 13 Going on 30. I think this is a great rom-com, a classic. A classic. Very good. And then uh, Something's Gotta Give and It's Complicated. I think they're both Nancy Myers films. If I'm, They are both Nancy Myers films, and I love Nancy Myers, like the godmother of romantic comedy. Yeah, and also just aesthetically, like all of the clothes, the kitchens, the set design. I just love it all so much. Oh, and Nancy Meyer's kitchen is iconic. It's a character in and of itself. Meryl Streep's kitchen slash like bakery or whatever it is, and it's complicated. Also, her little romance with Steve Martin, just incredible. So good. So good. Finally, two rom-coms that I loved growing up that I still think are pretty good, although have probably not aged well in many ways. Uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. That yellow dress is, I think, burned into my psyche forevermore. And uh, 51st Dates. (laughs) Oh, I haven't seen that one in forever. I just the the final scene of that movie where they're on the boat and he like shows her the video every day. So sweet. So sweet. And I love Adam Sandler. And I feel like he's actually a very good actor. Andrew Barrymore. Just great all around. Um, so, yeah, that's my list. Okay. Oh, wait. Yeah, that's my list. I, I love a good rom-com. And if it can make me cry, bonus points. Tell me yours. I brought four. Um, the first one, I think my number one all-time favorite rom-com movie is The Wedding Date with Deborah Messing and Dermot Mulroney. Criminally underrated film. Criminally underrated film. So funny. Another bet rom-com trope. I guess it's kind of a bet. Amy Adams is her sister in the movie and uh, her Deborah Messing's little sister is getting married and she brings in a male escort as her date because she doesn't want to show up alone because she has a long-term ex-boyfriend there. And um, I think there's a there isn't there a bet like he's like I'll give you your money back if something I don't remember what the there's what the there's bet something part like is. that yeah and then like she tries to pay him and such a good oh, movie he, he is so handsome in this movie he's so handsome in this movie it's like it's peak OO's rom com yes absolutely um, my second one which I also feel like is criminally underrated maybe I'm like a more of an under the radar girly for the the rom-com movies is um, Friends with Kids. Have you ever seen this one? I think I have. It's weird. I feel like I can see the... Did this come out like in the blockbuster era? No. This is probably from like 2016-ish, 2015. Oh, maybe I didn't watch it then. Yeah, tell me about it. So this is a Jennifer Westfelt movie. I feel like 
Jennifer Westfeld is like known publicly as John Hamm's ex, but she's such a talented uh, screenwriter. She has a bunch of more indie rom-com movies that are so good. And so she wrote and stars in this one. It has such an insane cast. It's about three couples. So uh, John Hamm and Kristen Wiig are one of the couples. And then Maya Rudolph. And who's the guy who's the police officer in uh, Bridesmaids? That guy, the Irish guy. Uh, Chris O'Dowd. Chris O'Dowd is is another This is couple. just the cast of Bridesmaids. Basically. And then Jennifer Westfeld and Adam Scott are the two unmarried friends. And they decide that they're going to have a baby because they don't they haven't met their partners, but they're like best friends. And they're like, we can do this just as well as our friends who are married. And so they decide to have a baby, even though they're like platonically friends. And of course, you can imagine how that goes. Oh, maybe I have seen this. I will watch anything Adam Scott is in, though, so I need to watch this. I love this movie. It's so good. Also, um, Ed, what's his name? The guy from 27 Dresses who's in all the rom-coms. Um, the guy who plays... Edward Burns is in it, too. Oh, Edward Burns. He is in all the rom-coms. He is in all but, like, the Nothing else. I know. Nothing else. <laughs> and never the lead. Just kind of like... Yeah. A boy, hot boyfriend, number yep. four. He's that in this. Um, okay, my third one, also criminally underrated. I will once again, if you are a long-term listener of this podcast, make the pitch for Chalet Girl. I, I don't know why this isn't more popular. It is, it is pre-fame Felicity Jones. I feel like current day Felicity Jones would look down on this movie so much. I didn't even put together that it was her. Yep. It's fel- but wow. Felicity Jones is wow. kind of a lower middle class British gal supporting her father after her mother passes away. And she takes a job as a chalet girl working for Bill Nighy and Brooke Shields and their family. Uh, their children are Ed Westwick and cousin Greg. And Ed Westwick is is engaged to Sophia Bush in it. It is so star Greg is in this. Yeah, teenage How cousin did they Greg. This cast. How did they? I mean, this is before Greg was or cousin. Yeah, Greg he's was literally Greg, probably but, like sixteen um, in it. Wow, super star studded, and um, so she's the help and working at the chalet and she has there's like a bitchy girl who's like more posh than her who's the other chalet girl and she's like really eye rolling about Felicity Jones showing up and um Felicity Jones ends up striking up a a little romance with Ed Westwick who is uh one of the sons of the chalet owner uh Chuck Bass from Gossip Girl I mean he he has a lot of sexual assault things so I really don't want to stand him but this movie is st- still good. I don't know. I don't know how to defend this. Well, yeah. I mean, you like the movie, not Ed Westwick's choices. Exactly. I do. I do. And then my last one is the classic Notting Hill. I feel like it is an absolutely perfect rom-com in every way. And the horse and hound scene never ceases to be funny. I haven't seen this in years, and I really need to. I've watched it twice this year alone. Although it like physically pains me to look at Julia Roberts because she's so beautiful. I'm like, I don't even understand that someone can look that beautiful, but Ugh. she's beautiful. 
So is, so is Hugh Grant, another person who has made some interesting choices in life. <laughs> Do you think that Hugh Grant would be as beloved if he did not have a British accent? I I think he wouldn't be. That's difficult because, like, you can't really separate him from the accent. Like, I can't in my mind. But I have seen him in Paddington, too. And that will change how you view him a little bit. <laughs> I have not seen Paddington, too. <laughs> it's <laughs> It has, like, a perfect score on Rotten Tomatoes. Have you heard this thing? No. It's Okay, so it has, like, the highest score on Rotten Tomatoes. So I watched it. The Queen's it and, in it, right? Um, I think so. Or is so. that Paddington I think 1? so. One of them. One of them. But anyway, it ends with Hugh Grant doing a musical number in a prison jumpsuit. So (laughs) there's a lot happening. The set design is incredible, though. There's that. Interesting. Okay. Let's hear from some listeners what their favorite rom-com movies are. Hi, Becca and Olivia. I am responding to your call out for favorite rom-com movies. And my number one favorite rom-com, favorite movie of all time is You've Got Mail. In Another Life, I want to come back as Kathleen Kelly. She is so cute with her classic style, her little bookstore. I love it all. Um, But this movie has everything. It has the perfect trope, a little grumpy sunshine, a little enemies to lovers. Who didn't learn how to spell the word fox from watching this movie? So You've Got Mail is my favorite movie and favorite rom-com of all time. Hey, Olivia and Becca. Um, I'm calling in to share my favorite rom-com movie, which is It's Complicated. This movie has a super all-star cast. It has Meryl Streep, Steve Martin, Alec Baldwin, and Jim from The Office. Um, And it centers around Meryl Streep, who is in a love triangle with her ex-husband, who is Alec Baldwin, and um, Steve Martin, who is her contractor. And it is just delightful and just all-around happy watch and super funny and highly recommend. Love the podcast. Thanks, guys. Hi, Becca and Olivia. This is Catherine, and I am just going to say that my favorite romantic comedy film is Notting Hill with Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant. It obviously falls into Becca's favorite rom-com trope category, which is Famous person, regular person. But I swear I could watch that movie once a week and never get sick of it. It is so funny. Hugh Grant is just such a heartthrob. I'm really in his prime there. Thanks. Hi, this is Amanda from Chicago. I am calling because my favorite romantic comedy is Morning Glory, which stars Rachel McAdams as a like a TV morning show producer. Diane Keaton as like a morning show lady and Harrison Ford comes on the morning show and it's just wonderful. And there's like a million montages and it's in New York. It's great. I hope everyone gives it a shot. It's great. Hey, Becca and Olivia. Okay, this is for your rom-com episode. I have four words for you. When Harry met Sally. Today, tomorrow, yesterday, forever. It's perfect no notes. It's just the best ever. And while we're talking about it, tropes, best friends to lovers is a favorite of mine, clearly. Yeah, that's all I've got. Thanks. Hiya, Lily calling in from Edinburgh, Scotland. Um, My absolute favorite rom-com movie is the Netflix film Set It Up. So underappreciated. In particular, the pizza scene. 
the unresolved tension is just, oh, it's fantastic. Chef's kiss. Let's take an ad break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. So I've only been doing this podcast since after I've been in therapy for a bit, but to give you a small picture of what I was like before therapy, I was deeply insecure, incredibly anxious, and almost always searching for outside approval. And don't get me wrong, I liked who I was before therapy and I had a great life, but I really had no idea how to build true deep self-confidence. Therapy helped me do that. And it's the reason why I feel like I'm able to confidently move through major life changes. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. This means you can easily try multiple therapists until you find the perfect person for you, all from the comfort of your own home. It personally took me a few tries to find my ideal therapist, but when I did, I saw improvements in almost every area of my life. It wasn't that things stopped being difficult, but rather that I knew how to self-regulate and self-soothe through everything. Therapy gave me a type of freedom and peace that I talk about all the time because I honestly think that everyone deserves to feel their very best. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash bad on paper today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash bad on paper. Let's talk about your favorite rom-com tropes. Yeah, I feel like this is a conversation that happens a lot online, on Bookstagram and on Goodreads in lots of places. And I feel like people have tropes that they love and tropes that they hate. So I thought it would be fun to talk about it a little. Yeah, I think a few of our favorites overlap too. So, but you have a lot listed here. (laughs) I was going to say, I feel like mine can more easily be summed up by everything except for enemies to lovers, which I really can't abide by. Mm. I really don't like enemies to lovers. I feel like it generally is contrived because if you actually are enemies, then somebody falling for that person, either they're too awful still or like, the person was being silly. Like, I just, I can't usually get into enemies to lovers. Yeah, it doesn't do anything for me either. Yeah, it doesn't. My number one, obviously, is celebrity normal person. Like, I just think there's such a wish fulfillment to that of like, what if you as a normal gal were dating your celebrity crush? I'm in a big second chance romance era. I'm writing a second chance romance for my second book. And so I've been reading a ton of them. And I think there's something really fun. They're usually told in two timelines, which I said I really like. And I feel like you just have like a deeper picture of the characters because they tried and fell apart once and then you get to see them evolve as people. So I feel like that's one of my faves. I also like best friends to lovers because I feel like, again, the people know each other better and you get to see more depth with the characters. Like I I generally feel like what I'm saying is like I like the things that are less insta-lovey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although if the way that we fall into insta-love is that there's only one bed, count me in because I love there's only one bed. Oh, same. It's my number one favorite. I I sometimes hang it on board with like some kind of bet or wager type plot. I generally don't like fake dating, but I can get it on board with like we're making a bet. Mm. Only if it's believable though. I'm I am having a small town romance era right now. I feel like I read Tessa Bailey, the It Happened One Summer, which is small town romance. I read the Lucy score one, Things We Never Got Over. I just read uh, Georgie all along. Like I'm 
I'm really in a small town romance era, which I didn't see coming for myself, but I'm really enjoying. Did you like Georgie all along? I have it. I did. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. It's on my list. Before I ask you yours, I do just have to tell this funny story that a few years ago before the pandemic, Grace and I were having drinks with Christina Lauren, who are actually two people. I don't think some people realize that there's Christina and Lauren are two separate people. We were out to drinks and we were talking about our favorite romance tropes. And I think I said that mine was celebrity normal person or something. And Christina was like, mine's secret baby. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. Like, I'm here in the 101 class and you're in the advanced leagues. Like, what what even is secret baby? So I just like, I was like, oh, wow. What is you secret can never... baby? I think it's that a woman is having a baby and a man pretends to be the father to like save her dignity. Like, I think it might be like more of a Regency uh, romance type trope. Interesting. That's a whole other can of worms. <laughs> but I was like, wow, I'm taking the beginner course and you're like on the advanced level. Yeah, I feel like I'm only really aware of sort of the classics. Well, what are yours? I love one bed, one hotel room. When they like get to the check-in, they're like, oh, sorry, we're all booked for the night. <laughs> There's such good tension with there's only one bed like the minute there's any inkling that there's one bed it nothing has to happen for half the book but I'm like oh my god there's only one bed it's coming it's coming (laughs) it's true it's true it's so it is so satisfying even in that movie it's such a weird thing because can you imagine I feel like this happens a lot with books that are about like co-workers or things and can you imagine if you were in a scenario and they were like oh sorry there's only one bed uh yeah. <laughs> in no circumstance would you then end up falling in love Even with Even if person. it was like a friend of mine, like like, like of the, the same sex, I would be like, I don't really no. I don't want to do that. So yes, I love that. Celeb normal person, like you said, great. It's just like ultimate mm-hmm. fantasy, I think. And then Basically, anything that resembles a Hallmark plot, I just like. Like, if it's small towny, cozy, like, it doesn't really matter what else happens. I just find it that much more appealing, which is, like, kind of my normal life. Just, like, if it happens in a cozy small town, count me in. I feel like a lot of Hallmark movies are two rival businesses. I don't like that one. <laughs> is that a trope? Oh, you don't like that That is one. <laughs> a trope, I think, and I don't like that one. But otherwise... It's oh, like we have I the do. two pizza shops. We have the two Yeah, inns. it's like we both make cinnamon cookies every year. How will we decide right, right. which of us survives yes. in the recession? We got to meet up at the pumpkin dance and then whoever. <laughs> but yeah, I I feel like I am not as drawn to the competing businesses, mm. but but it, I will love it at the end. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um Do you like a town and- like a town festival? Oh, I love a town festival. Like, okay. give me give me a barn dance, like Night Under the Stars. Yeah. Like, if they made Hallmark movies, but it was like, instead of being G, it was R, sign me up. Well, they did get some new leadership, but for a while, there was a set of guidelines about Hallmark movies, and the two leads were not allowed to kiss until the very last scene, because that ensured that nothing could escalate. That's horrible. <laughs> Why would we deprive ourselves in such a way? I mean, I mean, why does that exist yet? Like a Hallmark channel for sexy spicy people. <laughs> spicy, spicy Hallmark. That's what we need as a as a people and a society. Spicy Hallmark. Like I imagine how many problems in the world would be solved. Are Probably. we founding a business together? 
<laughs> Forget tiny tongs. It's all about the sexy small town lovers. Okay. I mean, I think we need to find a different name. I'm pretty sure Hallmark is trademarked and we can't just call it Spicy Hallmark, but we'll figure that out. We could just call it Tiny Tongs. It would be very confusing for people, but mm, unique. I think we, we can workshop the name. <laughs> All right. Let's get Watch into this space. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned, guys. Hi, Becca and Olivia. Love your podcast. I've been listening for a few years now, and it's one of my must listens every Wednesday. I'm Olivia. I love rom-coms and romance books. And as of recently, I've re-entered my reading romance era. I would say my favorite rom-com trope. It's pretty hard, but I've narrowed it down to enemies to lovers. And here's why. I grew up with the golden era of Disney Channel. And this meant the enemies to lovers romance of Jake Ryan and Miley Stewart. And in my opinion, the greatest couple of all time in Disney Channel, Sunny and Chad on Sunny with a Chance, who hated each other, but also secretly liked each other. Sunny and Chad are probably the reason why I read Enemies to Lovers now and can't get enough of that trope. But I also really love Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, also Enemies to Lovers, and You've Got Mail. So that's my favorite rom-com trope, and keep doing what you're doing. Bye. (laughs) Hi, Becca and Olivia. My name is Ashley from South Carolina, and I saw your Instagram call-out for your favorite trope, and I just wanted to say that my favorite is Second Chance Love or Second Chance Romance. Um, the book I want to recommend in this category is The Reunion by Kayla Olson. It it was just amazing. Um, the energy between Ransom and Liv was amazing. And I love the gossip columns that were sprinkled between the chapters. They really added context and were entertaining and added some tension too. Hope you enjoy. Bye. Hi, Becca and Olivia. This is Lydia calling from Dallas. My favorite rom-com trope is the best friends to lovers. I think that just the emotional history of the characters and all the information they have about each other makes the romance that much more satisfying. Can't wait to hear the episode. Bye. Hi, I'm Brooke from North Carolina. Uh, My favorite romantic trope is the fake dating, fake relationship trope. A good example of something I've read lately is The Bodyguard or Love Light Farm. Thanks. Let's get into some end matter. Yes, let's. Tell me your obsession. My obsession is the farthest thing from a rom-com you can imagine. It's The Last of Us on HBO. Have you seen this? I have not, but everyone I know is watching this. The only thing I know is that it's a show that's based off of a video game, which really turned me off of it. Yeah, I knew that after. And had I known that before, I don't think I would have watched it. But it's about basically like an apocalypse type scenario, which I really love apocalyptic themed things. I don't really know why. That wasn't an option in the rom-com trope. I bet there's apocalyptic romances. (laughs) You're you're probably right. Well, actually, speaking of episode three, you've probably seen everyone posting about episode three of The Last of Us. Um, There's a love story starring Nick Offerman and another character. It's It's a gay love story. And it is probably the most moving episode of television I've seen in my adult life. It's it's Maury Bartlett from the White Lotus season one, the manager from White Lotus season one. That's what he's in. I couldn't place what he's in. Yes. Yes. Just so good. It is a little scary, the show, so I don't know if you'd like it. There are a couple parts I had to actually close my eyes, but um, so far I'm really loving the show. And also, conveniently, my For You page on TikTok is now literally only Pedro Pascal. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) Um, But I highly recommend the show. 
What's your obsession? I just got a new suitcase from one of those like Instagrammy brands. It's by the brand July. I needed a new checked suitcase because the one I had, it's metal and it is so heavy in and of itself. And so I I wanted a new hard shell suitcase. And frankly, the reason I picked this one is because I have an Away carry-on that I really like, but Away was out of stock on all of the cute colors because of Christmas, I imagine. So I got a July one instead. I am obsessed with it. Comes in really cute colors. They can monogram and like there's a lot of fun fonts for like the monogramming and like color options. You can also do emojis. Monogramming is really cute. I got like a, I guess it's kind of like a sky blue one. And then it says my name on it in orange with like yellow drop shadow. Very cute. It's very, like, I really like the design inside of it. Like, the, you know, the zipper where you put, like, underwear or something. Like, Mm -hmm. on one side, it's divided into two sections, which I really like. So, I'm like, oh, socks and bras. That's nice. Um, It has, like, a laundry bag that goes into, like, a zipped compartment on the inside, which I'm like, that's very smart. The compression is really good. Like, I'm overall very, very impressed with it. How would you rate it as compared to the Away? Like, the same, better? I have not tried the Away full size, so I don't know if it has additional features to the checked or the carry-on, but I would say if it's the same as the carry-on, I would say like, I I think those are very good. Like I I would say that's like an eight and this is a nine. And the only reason that none of them are tens is because I wish they were scratch resistant and I just don't think that technology exists. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that sounds great. Yeah. I've never heard of that brand, so I'll just check it out. I think it's Australian. Oh, the Australians, they always make fun things. But they have very cool colors. My friend Maxie has like a bright marigold yellow one. Oh, I love that. And it's easy to spot, so it's mm-hmm. convenient. Totally. What about reading? I have been listening to I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy. I wanted to put something on while I was painting. And like, I, I just, it sounded, I've been hearing so much about it. Let me tell you, this, I mean, I guess you can tell from the title, this is a heavy book and it is dark, like very dark, but I am so impressed by the writing and also by just the amount of sheer vulnerability um, Jeanette McCurdy puts forth. Like, I I mean, it is all out there, like all out there. But I've also heard that the audiobook is like quite a performance too. It is. It's very impressive. It's very, very impressive. I, yeah. And it adds like a whole new sort of feel to it. She even cries in one part, which I don't think I've ever heard on an audiobook. No, like me she either. gets emotional while it's not like she's crying throughout. It's just in a, it's in one part where you like it kind of catches you off guard. And anyway, it's just, I'm kind of blown away that someone would put this out in the world and do it with such honesty. So. She also yeah. got um, at least two. It might be a three book deal after this too. She's doing another memoir and then she's doing fiction. Oh, wow. I bet it's going to be so good. She's very talented. Very talented. But gosh, what a hard childhood. This one has been on my list and I, you know how I am with nonfiction. I I, I want to probably listen to it, not read it, but I, I just hasn't made it up my list, but I really want to. Yeah, I kind of felt the same way, but it's worth checking out at some point, I think. Okay. What have you been reading? Well, <laughs> in a surprise to no one, I am still reading The Zodiac Academy. I finished book six last week, this week, 
and I'm now halfway through book seven. The books are now over a thousand pages, and I am just going. What? I a thousand have, pages? Yeah. I have a feeling that somebody is going to die at the end of book seven that's going to make me really upset because I feel like they've been foreshadowing it. And in my Q&A that I did on Instagram yesterday, somebody was like, I don't know if I can keep going after the end of book seven. What do you think? And I'm like, oh. I don't know what happened, but like, I assume I won't like it. So, huh. We'll, well see. Honestly, at this point, I would welcome it. Like, I would welcome something happening that would put me off of these. <laughs> How many are there? Seven? So there's eight, and then there's a ninth that is coming. Of course. And by the time you get there, there'll probably be a tenth. So either way, like I'm almost done. The authors of this book series are sisters. And you know how in in any book it, it has like also by this author? Mm-hmm. The also by this author is like 40 pages. That's an exaggeration. But like they have like so many but like they're writing three or four a year. Like it's so crazy. And I'm just like, I need to st- somebody else in the QA was like, you need to read this other series by them. And I was like, no. No, you will, this will be uh, the only books updates for the next 10 years. I know. On paper. It's Beck, Beck is on the 47th Zodiac Academy anthology. I need to reclaim my life. So I am staying very <laughs> far away from any of their other series because this is just owning me. Yeah. I mean, I'm impressed. I mean, good for them. They've clearly mastered They're so something. good. Yeah. I'm like, I was texting my agent yesterday and I was like, they're self-published. You should see if they need representation. <laughs> and she's like, I don't like to do anything with magic, but she sent it to your agent and another person. Like, I'm like hawking their stuff. I'm like, I don't know these people. I'm like, I'm like, these books are sitting on a gold mine. Like, this could be the next Akatar. Get these yeah. two girls a deal. It kind of sounds like it is. But I'm I'm like, that's how invested I am. I'm like trying to wow. s- get them business deals despite <laughs> not knowing if they even want or need them or who they are. I mean, they probably don't leave their laptop for the writing for long enough to even see what's going on if they're that productive. So oh, good that you're advocating for them, though. Yeah. If none of those appeal to you, and I get why maybe they wouldn't. <laughs> we also have our February book club coming up at the end of the month, and we're reading Before I Let Go by Kennedy Ryan. And this is a romance with a lot of like very dark themes. It's about a woman who has an affair with her ex-husband and they divorced amidst some very deep mental health struggles and fertility issues that they experienced and then are kind of getting their their second chance. They also co-own a restaurant in Atlanta, so there's a lot of good food porn in the book. I'm really excited to discuss it because first of all, it has some of the hottest sex scenes I've ever read in books and it really has great therapy representation and mental health rep. But at the same time, like I think it's a really interesting representation of like what's happening with romance today and like what the direction romance is going and like what romance even is. So very excited to discuss it. And I this is the book too that has an insane Goodreads rating. Like it is the Paddington 2 of Goodreads. <laughs> Different content, but, you know, a lot of people have said they're very excited to hear our discussion about this and that they loved it. So um, I still have to read this, but I'm really looking forward to it. 
So check that out and come follow us on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. We have our Facebook group where, of course, you know we'll be talking about other romance book movies and tropes in there. I've been loving the conversations that we've been having in there and how engaged everyone is. So come chat. Me too. It makes it feel like a real community, which I really, really like. Yeah. And everyone has a hot take. Oh, yeah. It's just The great. hills that people will die on from last week are I'm living for them. And I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. I'm at Olivia Mentor. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.